Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Welcome today to a rebroadcast of Dr. Russell Jaffe. On this broadcast, myself and Dr. Jerry Smith interview Dr. Jaffe on the five essentials to being healthy. Dr. Jaffe is world-renowned in his ability. He has worked at the NIH. He has his own company. He is a prolific writer, a great speaker, and I'm sure today uh, he will add to your understanding of how to be healthy. So with no further ado, let's uh, hear Dr. Jaffe and uh, let's learn. Thank you for listening. Uncle Freddie off here uh, and introduce the doctors are in the house. So we have, this is Dr. Ron and my co-host, Dr. Jerry Smith, and we're going to in, have a conversation with Dr. Jaffe today. Let me just make sure that this is he, and then uh, we'll get on with the program. Dr. Jaffe, is that you, sir? This is me, and I can hear you fine. Oh, great. Okay. So we have some 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 work to do in a couple of minutes, and then we'll get on sure. uh, with with uh, our interview. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. And I'm going to throw you a little curveball because I happened to catch you yesterday okay. talking about aspirin. So we're going to start out with aspirin. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, Absolutely. Th- thank you for tuning in today. Uh, this is not our normal time, but so we will play this again for you at, at, at our normal scheduled time on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. But you can never not listen to Dr. Jaffe. Uh, he's been on before. He's been really well received. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's uh, just, just knows a lot about everything. So ladies and gentlemen, as I usually say, have an attitude of gratitude every day of your life because it, it actually attitude of gratitude can make you happier and healthier. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank everybody for that listened in. Dr. Nye last night, a wealth of information from that gentleman. Uh, I learned a lot uh, from our conversation and hope to follow up uh, with him to uh, 
learn more about the, the, the matrix and the, and the mushrooms. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today we have, we have Dr. Russell Jaffe as, as our guest. And uh, Dr. Jaffe has an MD degree. He has a PhD degree. He, he's, uh, I think his PhD is in chemistry and his medical degree is internal medicine and pathology. Uh, he started out, as I understand it, as a traditional disease pill for every ill doctor. Uh, but then, uh, as most of us in this field of alternative, or I like to call it comprehensive medical care, uh, our, we, we started on a different journey and had to re-educate ourselves all over again. Uh, Dr. Jaffe, I indeed did do that, and uh, he started uh, companies and groups, and he has a the PERC, P-E-R-Q-U-E, Integrative Health Company, and we'll, we will talk to him more about that. But, you know... The reason why we're in, in this and why we devote the time to this is because, you know, people go to their doctor and, uh, you know, what the, the doctor says, you know what, you feel good, your physical examination and your routine blood tests are normal, so you're healthy. Well, really, what is health? You know, what is disease? Where, and our young doctors today are really not instructed on how to do a health examination and what is really health mm. and and our opinion here at, at um, block talk radio is that you know there are vested interests that are placed in re, that have replaced the best interests of patients and we have flawed guidelines that our cl- clinicians are following and there's some lack of systemic transparency which which i mean that which means regarding the funding uh, impact and outcomes of, of, of studies so there's a lot of pollution there. And so, uh, you know, I guess they would say you're sick, but you just don't know it. So just, just with that little introduction, uh, I want to uh, say hello to Dr. Jerry Smith, and then we'll have Dr. Jaffe. Uh, we're going to talk. We Our original plan was to talk about, and we will get to to that, the five uh, strategies to, to protect your health. But uh, Dr. Jaffe has some interesting comments on aspirin and we'll start with that so dr dr jerry smith uh, good morning sir no i'm wide awake and thanks for that wonderful introduction and i'm looking forward to uh i always learn something from dr jaffe he has a like you said a a cornucopia full of knowledge well dr jaffe you're you're you are up sir why don't uh introduce yourself a little bit to our audience tell them how they can reach you and 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 your website and uh and maybe we'll have a little discussion. No, we will have a discussion about aspirin. Oh, absolutely. So I was trained in conventional internal medicine and biochemistry at Boston University. I then matriculated to the National Institutes of Health, where I did residency in clinical laboratory pathology and chemistry. Developed a novel method every year I was in government service, most of which have remained the reference standard of their kind to this day. And along the way, um, I came in contact with what's called the aspirin tolerance test. And there are some people of which my family is one. There are some people who they bleed and they stop bleeding just fine if they don't take aspirin. But if they take aspirin in the common proverbial term, they bleed like a stuck pig. Hmm. Then there's the issue of does an aspirin a day, and more specifically an 87-milligram baby aspirin, 
have protective effects in regard to cardiovascular health. And Dr. John Vane made a whole career with the help of Bayer, Bayer, um, <clears throat> on the premise that you could select out one specific what's called prostaglandin, but it's just a very powerful molecule. You could select out and inhibit one without inhibiting the others because the others are absolutely essential for vitality. So the first premise is, does a baby aspirin selectively knock out what's called PGX or PGI for anyone who's very technical? And the answer is no, because there is huge human variability in regard to how the process called acetylation, which is how aspirin works, uh, people have very different responses. And we know with 100% surety that when you take aspirin, you increase blood loss in the gut. In fact, there's an occult blood test that's based on increased blood loss from the gut where they say on the side of the box, do not take an aspirin because it will cause a false positive test. And actually, they then cite an article that I published in the Annals of Internal Medicine way back in about 1974. Um, so I'm very familiar with aspirin, and my conclusion is take none a day. In this day and time, where we do know how to promote repair and therefore reduce discomfort naturally, it is much safer to follow that path than to, quote, pop an aspirin or an NSAID, for that matter. And so, Dr. Jaffe, what are your options for our listeners? Well, the options are the following. Most Americans, those at risk of cardiovascular disease and stroke, of which there is about 150 million, so it's a big population, they're almost universally low in the essential nutrients, low in ascorbate known as vitamin C, low in vitamin D, low in um, B-complex, low in magnesium and potassium at the cellular level, really marginal to deficient, chronically marginal to deficient, partly because of changes in diet, partly because of changes in stress and environment. And there's a lot of um, components that add up to what's called the oxidative stress or the allostatic homeostatic load, if you want to be a little fancier. But it has to do with the fact that, as my grandmother used to say, the rents are going up and the ceilings are coming down. And what that means in practical <laughs> terms is the, the nutrient density of the soil and therefore the food, the quality of the air and water is dramatically more stressful on the human organism than it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Of that, there's no question. The implications for good health, and you're quite right, the absence of disease is the midpoint. What we want is youthful vitality, what we want is to evoke our healing responses so consistently that we don't feel or function with chronic ill health, which too many people do. And when we look for a solution in a prescription, we've usually jumped over the nature-nurture wholeness. We've usually jumped over the functional and predictive biomarker tests that we do recommend and then interpret to their best outcome goal value. 
because we really have accumulated quite a bit of science about how to get quality, standardized, natural products to evoke healing responses by correcting essential deficiencies. Now, essential is a word that means you can't make it. You've got to take it in from the outside. And that includes the vitamins and the minerals, the cofactors, uh, and there's a family of them. We have, as you know, a super multi that has 40 constituents in meaningful amounts because you need all of them. And we've had it out since 1987. We've done a double-blind placebo-controlled trial because I knew some wag would say, did you do that? And we did. <laughs> and we did it at the military medical school with the help of a colleague um, who's a co-author on the study. <clears throat> so we've done the best to take the scientific method that I learned but very conventional scientific method that I learned and apply it to the science of nature, nurture, and wholeness so that people can eat foods that they can digest, assimilate, and eliminate without immune burden, that they can have neurohormonal balance, restorative sleep, a good ATP to ADP ratio, which means you've got reserve energy in your cells. And I think that is what everyone deserves can attain in almost all cases. However, it means intensive supplementation to go along with a whole foods-based diet. Very, very, very interesting. Um, so the uh, alternatives would be a vitamin, mineral uh, supplement, uh, food grade, or uh, well, let me any... let me let me be let me be more specific and more helpful. Number one, you do what's called a C-cleanse, capital C, and then the word cleanse. And if you look that up online, you'll find details and instructions. But you basically find out how much oxidative burden your body has based on how much antioxidant protection ascorbate is needed for you to cleanse. Now, the cleanse is a very distinctive experience. It's kind of like an enema from within. It leaves most people feeling much better. It's the next generation after bowel tolerance, if folks are familiar with that. So the C-cleanse is where you start. Then you add polyphenolics, specifically coercin and dihydrate, and soluble OPC. We have that available as PERC repair guard and as PERC pain guard. Uh, Then you look at the urine pH after rest. And if it's below 6.5, which it often is, that means a lack of magnesium mineral in the cell. And we have a unique and patented combination of PERC Mag Plus Guard and PERC Choline Citrate that enhance the uptake and chaperone delivery of the magnesium to the cells that are hungry for it. And this has been something people have been looking for for decades because magnesium is very important. It balances calcium. It activates ATP. It does a lot of good things. It protects essential fats when they're in transit. However, it's been notoriously difficult to get about 30% bioavailability. Then if you increase the dose of magnesium, the person gets hypermotility and runs to the bathroom and runs away from you. We have... For a number of years, been offering the combination of PERC Mag Plus Guard and PERC Choline Citrate to enhance the uptake and then beneficially chaperone the magnesium to the cells that are needing it, whereas almost all other forms, the magnesium tends to run out in urine, sweat, and stool as fast as it comes in. Yeah. Dr. Jaffe, I have one uh, question for you. Uh, we know that it's primarily intracellularly within the cell. Uh, what mm. 
test do you recommend to assess that since a blood test would really not be accurate? Well, I, I learned, as you just said, that the blood test is not accurate. It turns out that Ron Aline, my colleague, about 15 years ago, published what's called CLMD, Chronic Latent Magnesium Deficiency. And that's defined as being in the lower half of the serum range for magnesium. And sufficiency, adequate cellular magnesium, is correlated with being in the upper half of the serum magnesium range. And I can tell you something that is, quote, hot off the presses, if you will, that is in a hypertension trial that we participated in, 100% of the people with high blood pressure had magnesium in the lower half of serum range to begin with, and those who had the most reduction with the enhanced magnesium formulation uh, went into the upper half of the serum range. There have been several articles, including on young college students, that validate Ron's premise of CLMD, chronic latent magnesium deficiency. So I think for the first time in a long time, we actually do have a generally and easily available test that distinguishes need, being in the lower half of the serum range, from being sufficient, which is in the upper half of the serum range. And I'll just add, because people almost always are concerned, if you take more magnesium, could you go over the range? And the answer is, if you have kidneys, no. It's a water-soluble mineral regulated by your kidneys. If you're on dialysis or if you are going to have a kidney transplant, then we'll have a different discussion. But if you have kidney function and are ambulatory, You don't have to worry about too much magnesium. In fact, the opposite is true. Most Americans are chronically deficient. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, that is really good. And again, Dr. Jaffe. This is news. Right. It is really great news. And I'm glad to share it with you. And I'm, I'm glad that you give me the chance to mention that I came as a skeptic. I didn't come as a, quote, believer. Uh, I went to be skeptical about acupuncture and did a complete apprenticeship with Queen Wu here in Washington, D.C. I was skeptical about yoga, became a student of Dr. Ramamurti Mishra, probably his worst Sanskrit student, but uh, he was a great <laughs> mentor and, 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 and very kind to me. Um, and then Bhante Dharmawara, who was my mindfulness mentor, uh, a Cambodian Buddhist who didn't know many people, but he knew the right people, including President Eisenhower and John Foster Dulles. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. Well, Dr. Jerry now is studying with uh, Dr. Stanley Nye and, and learning uh, a uh, from a 23rd uh, generation, uh, generation uh, from China. So uh, we're, for Qigong. So we're, we're traveling mm-hmm. down these paths. Yes, yes. Well, There's I like what you, with, the past, what you say. In the past, a back to the future approach is often very applicable today. Um, making use of traditional wisdom, whether it comes from the mountains or the seas, to me makes a lot of sense. And you don't have to give up your common sense to understand the difference between evidence and, and um, mystery. Yeah, but Dr. Jeff, you have a, a curveball I want to throw you. In my sure. clinical experience, I find that strict vegetarians usually have the worst health issues. Uh, and I don't know if that's been your experience, or could you comment on, well, on that? Well, I'm, I'm happy to. Yes, I'm happy to comment on that because one of the quote 
clearly better dietary choices is called the Mediterranean diet and more specifically the Greek Mediterranean diet. Um, But the Greek Mediterranean diet is not exclusively plant-based, but it is largely plant-based with locally grown healthy plants that nourish you in many, many ways. I think today that many people become vegetarian in a way that does not transition their digestion, which takes time. Changing your prebiotics, probiotics, symbiotics takes time. Most people make a decision based on uh, an intellect or a philosophical decision that it's better to be a vegetarian or vegan. I want to know what your body is used to digesting, assimilating, and eliminating. I want to know if there's any maldigestion, which many people do have, and I want that corrected. If you have immune burdens and you've lost tolerance and you have delayed allergies, well, that could set you up for all sorts of chronic autoimmune self-attack, chronic uh, repair deficit inflammation conditions, which are all too common today. Um, And we do know how to evoke human healing responses. Uh, Although it's a makeover in your kitchen, it's a makeover in, 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 in your sleep patterns, it's a makeover in your attitude. Uh, and I do like your uh, phrase about an attitude of gratitude. Uh, so um, these are very exciting times to apply the evidence and evoke healing responses. Well, Dr. Jaffe, so I, I, I just like hearing your common sense approach to uh, problems. And uh, Dr. Jerry and I, for the last years now, just talked about inflammation and chronic inflammation mm-hmm. being the basis of our, of most diseases. So, mm-hmm. c- could you talk a little bit about the the triggers that you you mentioned in your ebook, the hidden sure. inflammatory triggers, and and how how we can test for them and modify them? Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, first, I want to change your understanding of the word. Inflammation is a word that comes out of my pathology colleagues, but it really means repair deficit. Now, inflammation is taught as a fire to be fought and suppressed because of all the Latin mumbo-jumbo that goes with it. And I'm saying it's a repair deficit to be corrected, and you correct it in the ways we're talking about, correcting the ascorbate, the mother antioxidant that sets the cell chemistry potential that sacrifices itself, ascorbate sacrifices itself so that all the other antioxidants can be regenerated or restored or synthesized. So these are very fundamental processes that change a person from highly at risk to resilient so their innate immune system can get in and repair from daily wear and tear and then uh, eliminate any of the abnormal cells that do form and we have natural killer and cytotoxic T cells to do that, but only when they have enough ascorbate, when they have enough magnesium, when they have enough polyphenolics, when they have enough B-complex to keep your urine sunshine yellow. So inflammation is really repair deficit. Measuring degree of inflammation, I think, is best done with the HSCRP, the high-sensitivity version CRP. It's very important to know the lower end of that range, which is where the HSCRP test that Ridker and Refai developed is clearly superior. So you want the high sensitivity CRP, the HSCRP, and a healthy person will be below 0.5. Healthy person will be below 0.5. Above 0.5 says repair deficit, inflammation, 
bring in the repair molecules, don't bring in the NSAIDs or aspirin to suppress uh, the swelling or the discomfort. Okay. So, uh, what it, so if you are if you have a high C reactive, uh, high sensitivity C reactive protein, uh, mm-hmm. that indicates that you have something, you have a repair issue, something has is happening in your body, and right. and how do you find out what that is? Well, in most cases, it means that because of digestive issues, you have lost tolerance, and your immune system is now on too much defensive alert and it's not repairing you from daily wear and tear. And when that begins to accumulate, when that repair deficit accumulates, it's all the signs and symptoms of inflammation, which are what you folks talk about correctly, and they are signs of ill health, not good health, and they're correctable when you get enough of the good things in and you get the oxidative stressors, the toxic matter, reduced. It doesn't have to go to zero, you know, we, we've survived in a toxic environment for a while, although it's much more intoxicating today than it's ever been. Um, and you can deal with it if you increase the essential nutrients, the vitamins, minerals, cofactors, etc. increase the fiber, the, the probiotics, and the symbiotics to make your microbiome and digestion friendly and healthier. Um, then your metabolism starts to enhance detoxification, so you get the bad stuff out more easily in urine, stool, and sweat. And now your innate immune system is able to repair. And the test is called LRA, lymphocyte response assay, LRA by ELISA ACT. The website is ELISAACT.com, ELISAACT.com. And the LRA tests are available with an interpretation because there's a questionnaire that comes along with the blood And the interpretation says, substitute these items because they are burdening your immune system and breaking tolerance, making you intolerant, which my grandmother would tell you, you don't want to be intolerant, you want to be tolerant. Um, And we want to restore tolerance, and it takes about six months to repair. And very often people need a second six-month cycle. Why? Because on day one, they're not perfect, and they're not perfectly repaired. But you do show over time, as we have in community-based outcome studies, that you can restore tolerance, that you can restore all of the fundamentals of repair, which means whatever your chronological age, your functional age can be much younger. I can tell you that when Bhante was 106, when Bhante was 106, he was functioning as a 40-year-old. I can tell you that I am functioning by most indices at half my current age, which puts me functionally in the late 30s, early 40s. And if if I can come back in 10 or 20 years and tell you that I've, you know, been able to maintain this, which I plan to do, uh, you know, it'll be a, a, a personal face on the opportunity to evoke human healing responses responsibly. A quick question for you. Yeah. Um, Two clinical issues that I come across with the gut, since you brought that up. Uh, one is glyphosate, uh, the Roundup pesticide. It's like right. ubiquitous in our society. I mean, high 90% bracket, everyone has it. And the other one is the EMFs that are bombarding us from every which way. Uh, it's documented to disrupt the microbiome. So could you comment on those two issues? 
Well, glyphosate is indeed a, a topic of our time. And as you correctly say, for most Americans, it's ubiquitous. I can tell you it is absent from my home and diet by choice for the simple reason that the only things we eat are whole foods, lots of different whole foods, but only whole foods, and all of them are either homegrown, organic, or biodynamic, which translates into glyphosate-free. So would I recommend people be glyphosate-free? I do. Do I live a life that is largely glyphosate-free? Yes. Um, I think that it is a, uh, an issue that Stephanie Sennett and others have raised at a very high level. It's being debated in policy circles all over the world. Lots of misinformation, lots of disinformation, lots of hysteria, but that's not uncommon until you have enough science, which we don't yet. Although out of an excess of caution, what I have chosen to do is be glyphosate-free, and I think that um, part of the reason that I feel and function better is that we don't have processed foods, we don't have grains that have glyphosate, we don't have packaged goods that have glyphosate, um, we don't even have toothpaste that has glyphosate. I was surprised to find that there's actually glyphosate in, in most uh, toothpaste. Um, so well, I'm quite right. If you're following the conventional model, then you're going to be exposed to glyphosate and your digestion is going to be uh, hampered because of that. Um, if you want, I'll go on to the EMF question or we can talk a little bit more about glyphosate. Yeah, the EMF is, uh, I, I think, okay. something now that people EMF, don't take to heart. The, yeah. Well... <laughs> There is a, um, an online uh, journal called Electromagnetic News. It's been, out, been, it's been in publication for decades. It comes out of the BEMS, the Bioelectromagnetic Society, that was founded by Ross Aidey in the 70s. He was a, an engineer of world renown, and he's the one who first discovered that if you put a cell phone up to the ear of a bunny rabbit, and then looked at the calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, it was altered by the cell phone. Today, um, I think the question today is more, what do you do in light of the fact that we're going to be bathed in these electromagnetic waves, invisible though they are, much of the time? Now, I can tell you that if you want, you can take them out of your bedroom, I have a network at my R&D center, which is where I live, but I can tell you that there's a door, and behind that door is another door, and behind that is a bedroom where it's very quiet at night, very dark at night. There are no devices allowed in by choice, and because of the way my little network is set up here, the electromagnetic signals do not get back to there. So I sleep in an EMF-free zone as did Ross Aidey, who did the pioneering work that I learned about many decades ago. Um, there has been a lot of effort to reduce the available research in the area of non-ionizing electromagnetic rays. I can tell you my personal view is that there are certain parts of the spectrum where we're quite um, uh, transparent, that is, there's no effect of those waves, but then there are certain waves, for example, the microwaves that boil water, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
there's, it, I don't think it's true anymore, but there used to be a sign on every microwave, at least in hospitals, that said, if you have a pacemaker, don't use the microwave. And then you would read a little disclaimer that says, no electromagnetic radiation gets out of this microwave. Well, then how come the pacemaker stopped working <laughs> when the person just walked by? You know, they, there were things like that that kind of need to be investigated. So, well, you know, talk- um, we're just at the beginning. We're just at the beginning yeah. of understanding. Uh, again, out of an excess of caution, my attitude is optimize the good stuff, and um, that includes mostly about what you eat, drink, think, and do. Optimize the good stuff, and let the experts take care of the rest. Well, one little uh, pro I want to share with you. I was doing some research because my uh, girlfriend got some hearing aids about six, seven months ago. The uh, Bluetooth on these hearing aids, because you can operate them from your cell phone app, um, you know, gives up 2.4 gigahertz. And that's the same frequency that microwaves use to boil water. So you're literally frying your brain with your hearing aid. (laughs) Well, not all hearing aids have that Bluetooth and when my dad needed hearing aids, we got him those without the Bluetooth. Um, it's the same reason why I wear a headset with a wire rather than these very convenient things that you put in your ear and it's actually got a little radio transmitter in the canal of your ear. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, people who use that regularly are doing an uncontrolled experiment and we'll see how it comes out. Well, talking about uncontrolled experiments, uh, in the manual that my girlfriend uh, had with her hearing aid, it said that, that it gives up between three and 11 uh, megahertz. Now the FCC states that people should not have uh, more exposure than six minutes from the range of one to 10 megahertz. So just even a normal hearing aid is, you know, being worn all day long and it's, it, in that range that the FCC says should not be exposed to more than six minutes. So that kind of blew my circuits. Well, but that's the Bluetooth feature. And that no, feature no, no, can be no, turned this off. is the regular oh, hearing aid. The regular. Without the Bluetooth. regular hearing aid? Yeah, you look it up that in the I, manual. That I don't understand. That I don't understand. I, I have been told, and I've seen data on digital hearing aids that are tunable and, as far as I know, avoid that problem. Well, just look at the rating because it was right in the in the manual uh, of the hearing aid saying it is off no, between. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm as surprised as you are. I'm as surprised as you yeah. are. I do not I do not understand that, and and I would I would recommend changing to a different hearing aid that doesn't have that issue. Yeah, Doctor Jaffe, just just so we you know we we did uh, tell our listeners that we were going to talk about these five key strategies, yeah. and one strategy I think that. We just we we should touch on before we uh, uh, let you go is is the detoxification because uh, you know we right. we talk about infrared saunas and water and yeah. hydrogen water and so forth maybe you could just touch on that please. Well, it's a good place to begin is hydration. Uh, you want to be hydrated enough that you pass the skin hydration test, which we have online that you can download for free from. P-E-R-Q-U-E.com or ElizaApp.com. So you want to stay well hydrated. You want to keep your urine sunshine yellow, which means you have enough B-complex to keep it sunshine yellow. And then we recommend biological detoxification, 
which means foods that are rich in sulfur, and sulfur can complex with a lot of toxic molecules, including toxic metals, and make them water-soluble and safely remove them from the body. And there's an acronym that goes with this, which I'm going to say a couple of times, so in case people want to write it down, it's G-G-O-B-E. That stands for garlic, ginger, onions, brassica sprouts, that means broccoli sprouts, and eggs. It turns out those are the five sulfur-rich foods. Those are the things that in in traditional wisdom cultures were known as life-saving detoxifying foods. They are staples in the Greek Mediterranean diet. And by that, I mean a whole bulb of garlic per person roasted. It comes out like custard. Be careful because when it first comes out of the oven, it will be very hot. Um, Ginger, a thumb-sized piece of ginger per person. This makes them, uh, as Thomas Jefferson said, make these foods staples of your diet, not condiments. Mm. And if you want to really be nice to your your, uh, digestion, in addition to the GGOBE, which includes the broccoli sprouts and the eggs, and I would recommend, if possible, a non-chicken egg. You can get a a healthy chicken egg, but you have to go out of your way to do it. Duck eggs, goose eggs, uh, quail eggs are more often available in farmer markets and or whole food type of markets. Um, And and if you want to have eggs, that's the kind of eggs I would recommend having. So that you enhance biological detoxification, you take the burden off your digestion, your liver, your spleen, your heart, your brain, your lungs, your muscles, So you actually help the whole body just by making GGOBE a staple part of your diet. Then you want a diet that has enough fiber, prebiotic fiber, 40 to 100 grams a day. You want enough good bugs, that's probiotic live organisms from either fermented foods or supplements like Perk Digestigard, 40 to 100 billion bugs a day to keep healthy digestion. And then symbiotic recycled glutamine that is the energy source for the repair of the intestinal lining. And many, many people have maldigestion, dysbiosis, enteropathy, which is atrophy of the digestive capacity, and they don't know it. So we, we want to get in with nature, nurture, and wholeness, and this is how the biological detox is premised. Okay, so... And, and a lot of these uh, supplements that you mentioned are on your uh, website at PERC, P-E-R-Q-U-E. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, why, and why they are the best value, because by design, they have safer ingredients in more meaningful amounts, and then they have the enhanced uptake that we've pioneered for the last three decades and has been the word-of-mouth secret uh, of, the, of the whole line. What, what is your opinion of MSM? Well, MSM is, most people consider MSM a water-soluble form of DMSO. It is a sulfur source. It's often sold as a detoxifying um, supplement. Um, Usually it does not have very good bioavailability. It tends to form disulfides, which are not detoxifying. Um, And and so I I haven't personally found an MSM that meets... Um, my preferences and standards. Okay. Uh, Dr. Jerry. Uh, quick question. In, in your uh, five 
strategies for health. You mentioned, you know, drinking smoothies and, and juices. Mm. Do you recommend uh, using a juicer that gives you the pulp in addition to the juice or just uh, filtering out the pulp and just doing the straight juice? Yes. My preference of juicers today is called Huron, H-U-R-O-M. I it's have it. It's called, wonderful. It, it, it's <laughs> wonderful. Yes. And it, it's called a macerator, which means it w- goes at lower speed, but it gets more juice. And then, as I guess you know, the fiber comes out in a way you can capture easily. Right. And if you add currants or raisins or some uh, uh, berries, you can make a very nice dessert out of that fiber. So you don't have to throw the fiber away. But there are people who, you know, want to get the concentrated juice that that Huron does deliver. Well, you know, they also have another uh, screen that's a little bit more porous. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll let more fiber in. Yeah, it's a wonderful juicer. (laughs) And it's easy to clean, too. (laughs) No, no. I want you to know this is the fourth generation. Yeah. (laughs) They got it right this time. They got it right this time. (laughs) And, and, and just for our listening audience, Dr. Jaffe, just, just reiterate uh, how, that they do have choices uh, to stay healthy and uh, it, it's not all uh, genetic. It's only 8% genetic. This is a, 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 it was a surprise to me when I learned it. It's been reconfirmed by NIH consensus. 92% of your lifetime health is epigenetic. It's lifestyle. It's about what you eat and drink, think and do. It's about the choices and habits you have every day. And if your habits could be better, I would suggest improving one small habit at a time, consolidating and take um, pleasure in your accomplishment. Rejoice in your portion is the old metaphor. Be grateful for each day and have a meaningful moment in each day where you either touch or are touched by someone you really like. And then remember biological detoxification and immunologic tolerance and neurohormonal balance and all the things that we find the evidence supports people of any age being well and happy. Of interest, uh, I had a nice discussion with someone who was saying that the DNA can actually be modified and uh, the Russians apparently have done a lot of research in this area. Uh, and not, just so the, not just the Russians, not just the Russians, the Broad mm-hmm. Institute here, the Whitehead Institute here, and many, many others. It's very clear that the epigenetic influences on the genome have been um, overlooked by people who had a mechanistic misunderstanding. If you believe the DNA is a blueprint that doesn't change over your lifetime, you're, you're in, in the company of many who misunderstand how dynamic and changeable is the DNA. So your DNA at age 10 and 30 and 50 and 70 have been influenced by the lifestyle choices you make. Unfortunately for most people, for the worse, but for some, for the better. So the unfortunate uh, set of circumstances when someone goes in and gets a test for the their DNA and they said, oh, you have the BRCA gene or whatever aberrant gene, and they recommend, you know, surgical removal of certain organs, um, that kind of like really scares the living pants off me, to be honest with you. Well, I can understand. And here I'm going to quote 
uh, Eric Lander. Uh, he ran the Broad Institute. Then he was asked, asked by the president to head the Office of Science and Technology Policy. He's a geneticist. And he says, don't do that. He says, don't do that. He says, first of all, if you only measure certain specific SNPs or certain specific locations, you miss the tapestry. You miss how many hundreds of different genes influence each other to add up to what goes on inside of you. For example, with regard to blood pressure, there have been at least 10,000 genes identified with either uh, normal or elevated blood pressure. And that's just one situation. And Eric goes on to point out that diabetes is the best studied condition genetically. You have an 8% chance in America of becoming diabetic. It's actually going up, as you know, and you shouldn't because diabetes is a choice. But he points out that if you do the entire DNA, which costs many thousands of dollars, and you do the RNA, which turns out to be as important or more important than the DNA, you can modify your guidance by 10%. And so his punchline, his conclusion is, if you have 7.2% chance, 8% chance, or 8.8% chance of having diabetes, how is that going to influence your behavior? Is that enough to, to change your behavior? People misunderstand what the DNA tests of the moment are. And they do give you some broad information about your ethnic background, but in Eric Lander's opinion, and I agree with him, almost no useful information clinically, whereas what we're talking about, the epigenetics, is actually where the action is. It's where the need and opportunity is. And so if I have a choice, I urge people to follow the epigenetics, which is 92% of their lifetime health, and not, not get too in a lather or even you know, spend too much time and effort um, doing a partial test of DNA because I can assure you that Barbara McClintock got the Nobel Prize for proving that genes jump around under the influence of the environment. And there was a long time when she was doing her work where people ignored her, and then the Nobel Committee said, well, you're not so dumb. And she wasn't. So genes do jump around. They do rearrange under epigenetic influence, and that's just life. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that because uh, there's so much disinformation, as we all know, and well, very... there was one company who, who I will call out because they were a fraud from the beginning. It was a company called Theranos. Was, they, they apparently uh, intentionally deceived, and, 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 and uh, however, they marketed very uh, extensively, aggressively, and successfully. There are other companies that are trying to be more responsible. I think that 23andMe will only give you information about your ethnic origins. And that there seems to be some information about. But if you really want to know about living well and long, it's about lifestyle, what you eat, drink, think, do. It's about what we've just been talking about. It's about the epigenetics. Because there's only so much you can blame mom and dad for, and that's 8%. <laughs> Oh, geez, I wanted to go a little higher. Darn it. <laughs> I have a Jewish mother and a Jewish father. I understand. Right. <laughs> and, and they have a son that's a doctor, so we're good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jaffe, this is really big. But as, but as my mother used to say to her friends, but has he won any awards lately? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that sounds like uh, you, Jerry. For today, that yeah. yeah, anything else for today that that would you know help your listeners or or, or help you, gentlemen? Well, let no, me I... have a, a 
we have a physician just sign on here. Let me just ask him. And Dr. Jerry, go mm-hmm. ahead. Well, like, sure. uh, take care of uh, Dr. Dan. You, did you have something for Dr. Jaffe? Yeah, basically, uh, you're one of the first people that I've heard be outspoken about the uh, the genome project, and I, I really appreciate your honesty. Uh, and I think this is what our patient basis really needs to hear: is more honesty in medicine and and less of the mm-hmm. fluff. Well, thank you. Um, I had the honor and privilege of meeting Jimmy Watson, who's considered the father of the Human Genome Project. And I asked him, why, why do genomics to the exclusion of epigenetics or epigenomics? And he said, well, because genetics was so easy to explain that even congressmen could understand it. That was his quote. <laughs> Whereas epigenetics, epigenetics is subtle and complicated, and we couldn't explain that. <laughs> Well, well put. And I will fast forward. I will fast forward to a meeting that was held at the Center for Disease Control, the CDC in Atlanta, just a couple of years ago. And the question was, where does the Human Genome Project go? And the answer is it stops, and the emphasis is will, will now be on epigenetics and lifestyle. Wow. Uh, that's such an important message for everybody to, 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 to understand, that, that you have a choice. You know, we, we talk, Dr. Jeff, we talk about being the CEO of your body. Uh, you have to mm-hmm. take control. Good phrase. Good and, phrase. Uh, right? And, and, and this is, uh, this, this is uh, what you have to listen to, like Dr. Jaffe. But uh, you, also have to listen, you, you also have to listen to your body. So you, you, you're the CEO of your body, which I agree with, but you're in a dynamic relationship because you have a central nervous system and a gut nervous system, and they're in communion. They're in constant conversation through what's called the vagus nerve, which we finally discovered is bidirectional. Wisdom traditions knew that for centuries, and literally in the last few years it was proven um, in Western science. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have talked about even they have uh, sex, sectioned and cut the vagus nerve, and, and they, couldn't, they could not cause Parkinson's in, in, in anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it definitely is, is a communication. Let me just uh, see if Dr. Dan has any questions. Dr. Dan, do you have a sure. question uh, on this subject? Good morning, everybody. And then Dr. Hi. Jaffe. Um, could I go back to aspirin, if you don't mind? Absolutely. Is there any good use for acetylsalicylic acid? Besides, every doctor that I go to says, take the baby aspirin. Take the 81 milligrams a day. Take it. 87 milligrams, if I remember correctly, but you're right. The catechism, the catechism that Bob Mendelson correctly identified in the late 1970s around two or three issues in medicine, one of which was aspirin. Now, remember that aspirin came at the turn of the century. It was one of the first magic bullets. You started with coal tar, which was a big mess, and you acetylated it, and you made this stuff that caused headaches to go away. It was a miracle. Right. Aspirin became part of the pharmacopoeia, and the science was way behind, and it remains way behind. The evidence, however, is clear. If you take aspirin, you increase the risk of blood loss from the gut. You suppress repair temporarily, and that's not a good thing. And in people who have livers or spleens, hearts or lungs that are at risk, you're increasing the risk in the illusion 
that hypercoagulation is a problem, which is only true for a very small fraction of people. And I was a coagulationist before I became an immunologist. I'm very confident that if before anyone should take an aspirin, you should first prove that you're hypercoagulable. And if you're hypercoagulable, we'll get you out of that state with a combination of what we've just been talking about. Mm-hmm. So only the people who are hypercoagulable get any benefit from aspirin. And then you ask, why is it that we recommend everybody take a baby aspirin and not be tested for hypercoagulability or hyper blood clotability? And the answer is, well, it's expensive and, and, and time consuming to test people. So why not just give everybody a baby aspirin? And John Vane, a very elegant presenter with an Oxford degree and accent, uh, working with uh, the marketing department of Bayer, um, made it gospel starting in the late 70s when people like Dan Dakin, who was my mentor in coagulation, would never take an aspirin. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dan, I mean, I ran across six studies you know, showing, revealing the ineffectiveness of aspirin. Uh, you know, one of the best uses, though, it's a great uh, birth control pill if you just <coughs> keep it between your knees. Between right. your knees, right. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go I, I, to, the, to the physician, he says, are you taking the baby aspirin? And I say no. And he says, why not? I said, I'm not taking Good for you. I said, because of, and I mentioned the program and so forth and so on, you know. Good. And this is this is where we stand at this point. Well, it is. It takes it takes decades to go from evidence to the clinic. And when information was doubling every forty years, that wasn't such a problem. But now that information is doubling in less than four years. By the time people are out of training, they're already out of date unless they are so curious that they go out and keep themselves current by being cross-trained and by going to integrative, comprehensive um, continuing education uh, meetings or do that online. But it's harder and harder for young students uh, of medicine uh, at any level to do that because they got loans to repay. Someone is giving them a paycheck with very little opportunity for continuing education on the basis that you're just going to check a box called standard of care. Right. Right. You also mentioned the NSAIDs drugs. They can have that same kind of effect. The the NSAIDs, the NSAIDs have their own reason. The NSAIDs either harm your kidney or your liver or your gut or all three. Most Mm. of them now have what's called a black box warning. And I will tell you quickly that there was a meeting at the FDA about all of the toxicity of NSAIDs that have been accumulating in evidence over decades. And they had 31 people in the room. 15 voted to uh, basically withdraw the NSAIDs, say they are too toxic to be on the shelf anymore. 15 voted that way. 16 voted to keep them on with a black box warning. And then it turned out that 10 of the 16 had undisclosed financial conflicts that should have kept them out of the room. Wow. So NSAIDs are not safer. NSAIDs are not really evidence-based. They came into vogue when we knew too little about them. And now that we know enough about them, the answer is take none a day. Mm -hmm. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking about this for years. Now you heard an an expert uh, 
tell you the same thing. We've been warning people about fluoroquinolones, uh, you know, that they can cause uh, aneurysm. Two years ago, we brought that to our audience. Uh, we brought that to our audience that Ativan mm-hmm. can cause aneurysms. And mm-hmm. slowly but surely, the, uh, the, the, the word is getting out, but it's not fast enough, as you, as you know. See, Dr. Ron, I have to tell you, my grandmother always said, free, is, free advice is worth what you pay for. That's why people don't follow it. <laughs> We're going to have to start, got to start charging a dollar a program. That's Thank right. you, Jaffe. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, it's welcome. always a pleasure. And I want to make sure you, 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 you thank Justin. He's, he's a gem. Uh, he's easy to get along with, and he responds appropriately and quickly. So uh, thank you for today. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking with Dr. Russell Jaffe. And if you don't remember his, the different websites uh, like Perk and Alyssa, J-A-F-F-E, Dr. Russell Jaffe, it'll get you to those sites. Take a look at the predictive biomarkers. Take, download his uh, uh, free book uh, on the five stra- uh, strategies of uh, five key strategies to help your patients and your practice, but it's there for not, it's, a, it's an easy read. It's, it, you'll understand it. And, uh, I, you know, if, uh, I, I just can't wait till we have him back again. He's a wealth of knowledge and, uh, we always learn something. So Dr. Jaffe, thank you so much. You're most welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. And, uh, next time I'll tell you the story about my mother being a jazz musician and trading her summer saxophone for me. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> there you go, Doctor. I can't let you go now because I have to tell you about a uh, a, a fellow was driving in in Arizona and he picked up a uh, an Indian and uh, uh, and he and he had a bag on the seat and finally the Indian said, "What's in that bag?" And uh, the fellow said, it's, "It's a bottle of wine for my wife." And the Indian said, "Good trade." <laughs> well, in the in the spirit of leaving folks laughing, this is very good. All right, thank you again. We'll we'll, we'll be in touch, and we'll, we'll, we'll do schedule this another again. time. We'll schedule yeah. some some topic of interest. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> You know, you always learn something, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it's really great. And he just, uh, he knows everybody, doesn't he, Jerry? Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, he knows the right people. And I'm so happy that he mentioned about the genome. And it's, Uh, I think, one of the biggest scams out there in medicine today. Uh, You know, the tests are not cheap. And then they they subject it. Because we had a friend years ago. She went and had, you know, organs removed. Based on that darn test, and I, you know, I try to yeah. talk to her, but you know, what can I tell you? It's there's no medicine for dumbness, as they say. <laughs> no, but you know what? They they're put in a position uh, uh, of fear, and that's right. They, you know, they, if you don't have this breast remover, you don't have your ovaries out, you're going to die, and your family needs you. And they same thing they're doing now with vaccines and the flu right. vaccine, and uh, uh, it's all fear mongering and. Uh, so uh, it, it's good to hear an honest uh, expert opinion. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I learned a lot today and I really appreciated uh, his, from the heart comments. And, and, I, and I think our listeners appreciate the fact that there's no other channel out there that's giving them an honest overview 
of the state of medicine. Yeah, there there isn't, and and you, you notice no no one is 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 criticizing the advances we made, but they're critically looking at them and and trying to have some transparency. And there are times when you can work with both, you know, like like Dr. Teitelbaum said, you know, you, you, or and even even Ralph Moss. Sometimes you need both, but a lot of times, uh, if you know what health is and you listen to your body, uh, you may not get into that state of disease. So uh, one thing that we, you know, we don't talk enough about, but he did mention uh, p- part of it today, is that what you think, what you think is important. Think, eat, and do. Uh, really important for your health. Yeah. Well, with that right? little, Pearl, yeah, we, I think we should try to get Bruce Lipton uh, on if possible because he's, uh, I think, the godfather of epigenetics. Uh, he was talking about stem cells back in the 60s when no one knew what the heck they even were. And he was talking about altering DNA before anybody even thought about that. And he right, has a PhD in biology, and people can't forget that. Yeah, absolutely. He's a cellular biologist. So, I mean, I think we're headed in the right direction. I think our audience is, really appreciates the information that we're, you know, bringing to them. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. It's knowing to make better informed choices. Absolutely. So let's reach out to, to Dr. Lipton again, and uh, we'll, we'll see what that is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Jerry, Dr. Ron, uh, on uh, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. We had our special guest today, Dr. Russell Jaffe. Uh, this program can be heard again here on Block Talk Radio 24-7. It's on iTunes podcast. You can ask your A-L-E-X-A. I have one here, so I can't say it, uh, to, to bring up the Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. There are also some of these programs listed on Dr. Jerry's website, which is icnr.com. And uh, we have a Facebook page. We have uh, uh, you know, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We'll soon be listed on Himalayan Podcast, which is a, 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 it's an app for your phone, and it has almost every podcast out there. And uh, we just applied there. We'll hear, probably hear it tomorrow. So, you know, uh, you can listen to these shows at any time. So, Dr. Jerry, yes, thank sir. you. Dr. Dan, thank you. You're welcome. And we will uh, see you uh, live in a couple weeks. This coming uh, Tuesday will be Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Uh, topic is diabetes and fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia are optional. Okay. Sounds like an Italian show. title there. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia. Yeah. Such agenda. The focaccia bread and fibromyalgia. It's a new, <laughs> new treatment. That's right. All right. Everybody have a great day. This is a little different for uh, your hosts. Uh, we're not used to doing this program during the day. I can't believe it's still light out. So, and I can't believe I can't have my normal post uh, live show libation so we're going to go to LA Fitness instead alright see everybody have a great day Bye.
Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. It's time to rethink your skin health routine and experience Hydrofacial, the completely customizable technology that professionally cleanses, extracts, and hydrates your skin, leaving you refreshed and glowing in just 30 minutes. Visit hydrofacial.com to find a provider near you.